Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop psych dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. podcast listeners we are back this is our third episode um i'm very very excited about this so um, we're gonna keep it rocking and rolling so hopefully you already subscribed or you've shared it with a friend um we definitely are seeing you all listen so that's a good thing um if you haven't subscribed already make sure that you do we're on both itunes and soundcloud um, and you can also follow us on Instagram at Go Small Talk Counseling and like us on Facebook to connect as well. And so episodes are posted on the website if for some reason um, you fear technology of some form and you want to just listen to it directly on your computer. Um, all of the links to each episode um, from SoundCloud are posted on our website, which is www.smalltalkcounseling.com. So... Um, last week's episode, we talked specifically about um, Counseling Awareness Month, and I thought, what better way to end the month, because April is over, um, on a high note. And so I thought, why not bring two of my favorite counselors on to discuss mental health um, in a fun and informative way? And I'm fortunate that this weekend I get to spend several days with them while we're at the American Counseling Association Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, the ATL. Um, definitely my favorite city because of one of my friends living there, not because <laughs> I actually like it. Um, but being able to spend time with them is uh, fun. So I'm excited that they're both here. I'm going to let them introduce themselves and then we'll just kind of let this go organically and see where things go. I think we've talked about a lot of stuff that we want to be able to um, share. And so hopefully this will be a fun episode, great kickoff again to the spring, but also ending our Counseling Awareness Month and featuring these two lovely ladies. So ladies, anybody wanna go first? Christine does. (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, that means you have to go. I know, I think so. Um, Well, I am Christine Baker and um, I met Dr. LP in our doc program. Um, We actually met at, interviews Mm -hmm. so even before our doc program started and we just knew we were going to be friends so um, and I actually live in Atlanta um, have a private practice here um, work a lot with um, sex addiction sex trauma um, and also adjunct at um, Richmond Graduate University so between those two things I definitely stay busy Um, so yeah a little bit about me great my other guests 
Hey everyone, my name is Rebecca Vasquez. I am also a part of the cohort that Dr. LP and Dr. CB were a part of. Uh, so really my focus is really trauma in all variations and I work right now with adolescent boys in the res residential program in New Jersey, so I'm definitely the northerner of the group. Um, <laughs> and so right now, just really excited to be a part of what Lakitha is doing because I feel like we all need an emerald couch. Yeah, absolutely. We really do. I mean, I think being able to be even here together feels like some metaphor for the couch because <laughs> yeah. it allows us mm -hmm. to have moments like this to connect, to reflect, to absolutely laugh, which we've done a lot of, and eat. Oh, y'all. Yes. So I, I did kind of say probably too soon that I'm like not a huge fan of Atlanta, but the food, <laughs> as somebody from New Orleans, pretty good. I haven't... <laughs> They haven't, um, you know, disappointed yet. So we'll see how that keeps going for the weekend. But, you know, aside from the food, Atlanta brought these two ladies back into my, my life in person. Yes. And it's always nice. And so I agree with Dr. Vasquez that we definitely are uh, doing our own version of the Emerald Couch mm -hmm. by just sitting here and chatting a little bit and hopefully um, entertaining you all a bit, but also giving you some information that might be useful for your overall well-being um, as we go forward. So one of the things when we even thought of like an idea of what we would talk about um, for this week, obviously, and you guys can probably already tell from our Snickers a little bit, like we're good friends. And um, there's a lot of value that comes in that, that I think whether we can talk about our friendship when it first began or now, um, really speaks to the value of what friendship is and can do for your overall well-being. Mm -hmm. um, even some conversations we've had before we started hitting the record button, um, I think by the end we were all so tired we took a nap. And so being able <laughs> to kind of bounce back um, because of, again, being surrounded by like-minded people and particularly, in my case, women, and mm -hmm. I'll maybe talk a little bit more about that later, what that even means for me and sort of this idea of sisterhood in the midst of stress and trauma, um, but definitely just happy that they're here and maybe we can talk a little bit about kind of the value of friendship and, and what do you guys think um, friendship in general or connections in general does for your overall well-being? Anybody want to take that? It's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, it, there's so many ways we can go with it, but one of the things that keeps you know, just ringing in my mind is this quote that I heard once that said, isolation breeds deception. Mm. And when you're around people who you know and trust and who you value um, their opinions, then there's no possible way that you can be deceived because I trust you guys to tell me the truth mm -hmm. about myself. And that holds weight. It's not mm -hmm. like we're friends because we just make each other feel good. Mm -hmm. There's a level of accountability and vulnerability that makes the friendship uh, have more substance and so mm -hmm. it's definitely needed uh, because as soon as we isolate we're deceived in mm -hmm. essence and, and we don't have that connection and that accountability and so I know going through the doc program with you ladies it was clutch it was like really a lifeline mm -hmm. I think we've all said that various times because it's true yeah definitely mm -hmm. Dr. CB anything yeah. else in addition no I mean I love that um, you know I think what stands out to me is so much of the time, like our clients are coming in um, and a lot of their symptoms are because they're not processing what's happening in their lives, right? And so they're coming into 
um, process things, which is great. Um, but I think that that's such an important part of friendship, and that's why you need trusted friendship um, mm-hmm. so that you can process stuff. You don't have to numb it, you know. And um, and I know, like, a lot of my clients, I don't know about y'all, but a lot of my clients struggle uh, making friendships post-college. Like, mm-hmm. I hear that all mm-hmm. the time. Like, mm-hmm. in college, it was so easy, like, mm-hmm. to make friends, and we all were together. And and so, um, so I just feel so grateful, like, um, to to have like deep friendships like at at this stage in my life and Mm -hmm. it absolutely saved me during our doc program I definitely couldn't have gotten through it without you guys so yeah friends forever (laughs) magical fairy dust (laughs) (laughs) inside Tokyo (laughs) we'll maybe explain later but probably not um well I think and you guys both hit on like a important important point about the you know the value of friendship for both stressful times but we also sort of think about um ideas around you guys y'all have to know we're like laughing at things that are happening while we're recording um and being able to talk about you know why friendship is so valuable not just you know for traumatic times like we we've all addressed kind of the doctoral process for us that was really really tough but also Um, certain life periods and so I think Dr. Baker brought up a good point about how maybe some of her clients say that you know post-college they aren't able to maybe still feel as socially savvy around getting friends or making friends um, when really you really should sort of be open to Mm -hmm. developing and fostering friendships at any point in your life um, that's not saying that you get rid of your friends from whatever last phase of your life, but right. being able to know that, you know, friendship is such a valuable tool that being open to it, whether you're 15 or 55, you know, it definitely adds um, a richness, I think, yeah. to your experience, particularly if it's a friendship that's developed around a certain life event. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it makes a huge difference. And so usually when you're able to come out on the other side of whatever that life event is together and I think we would always joke and call it trauma bonding which is a real thing but um in the midst of it you know you don't realize that you are developing these strong ties to people Mm -hmm. that um maybe before you always liked but Mm -hmm. you kind of know when you feel some sort of deeper connection to them and it adds to making your life feel Mm -hmm. richer I know for me you guys have definitely done that um, and just the evolution of our friendship that mm-hmm. is now we're like five years in. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to imagine all the things, yes, school, but like just life things that we've mm-hmm. been through moving. Both mm-hmm. of you guys moved mm-hmm. um, since I've met you. You've moved mm-hmm. um, new jobs, yeah. mm-hmm. being able to really think about, you know, those things that I can't imagine not having sort of my touch points um, mm-hmm. to go to, whether that was advice or being able to just share um, my feelings about something going on in a way that is authentic and mm-hmm. genuine is useful. So, mm-hmm. again, I do think friendship super, super valuable mm-hmm. um, and a good good topic. Yeah. So. And I think, too, mm-hmm. like, um, I, I feel like once you get past college and you're, like, in your professional career and you're starting a family and all these things, like, so many of my clients, you know, they talk about, like, well, we just hang out at home with our kids or we just hang out at home, you know, with my husband or whatever. And, um, and I think it just requires like a lot more intentionality. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hope that what we're communicating in this podcast today is that it's worth it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, it takes more intentionality and it's, and you have to work a little bit harder to, to make those hangout times work or whatever. But, 
it, it is so worth it. It's mm-hmm. so beneficial. Um, just, just emotionally and like mental health wise. Yeah. So I think it's good for balance. Yes. Right? When you have mm-hmm. all of your eggs in one basket, whether it's a marriage or whether it's a career or whatever your basket is, but you're able to spread that out and spread that out with people that you know and trust. I feel like it, it helps to ease the burden of mm-hmm. life and also just accentuates the joy of life yeah. when you can share with the people closest to you, the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, knowing that you two in particular are in my corner is, it's just, it brings a reassurance. Mm-hmm. And so that is definitely good for my mental health. Yeah. And I think like, you know, we, we talked about both the, the positives and not necessarily the negatives of friendship, but the negative times that we might experience in our individual lives mm-hmm. where friendships have come in and sort of maybe even save the day a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what do you guys think about that? Particularly, you know, obviously the three of us are women. Mm -hmm. Um, The specifics around like friendship for women and so Mm -hmm. this idea of like Mm -hmm. sisterhood Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, the benefits of having someone who maybe identifies in the same way um, around certain, whether it's certain topics or Mm -hmm. just life um, things in general, do you feel like there is a uniqueness about sisterhood mm-hmm. that is different than you know not saying that like bro code and all that stuff because I know there's guys listening um <laughs> isn't important and mm-hmm. and doesn't have the same value but what are, what are your thoughts about sisterhood and how does that make you feel um it benefits your overall well-being yeah I think there's been a lot of times where I've heard from women and girls how forging friendships um with other girls and other women is so difficult Mm -hmm. and can be so difficult and traumatic and so people a lot of the times just give up Mm -hmm. and you know either stick with their guy friends or have no friends and that's a dangerous place to be Uh, I think that if you keep even though it's hard like you were saying CB it's it's intentional requires effort and work and vulnerability Um, but the more that you are able to work on yourself as as a healthy balanced individual the more you have to offer in a friendship and vice versa And I really feel like just to bring a faith perspective in there, too, I feel like God will connect you with people along the way Mm -hmm. um, as you need them. And they may not be lifelong friends or they may be lifelong friends or Mm -hmm. they may be just for a season. But regarding female friendships, when they form, Mm -hmm. girl, bye. (laughs) 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 There's just so much power and support and it really feels limitless in regards to the connection and and the the trajectory of how far the friendship can go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recognize that that's not everyone's experience. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. for those who haven't had that experience, just know that it exists. It's not just like some Hallmark lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely real. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to necessarily find all the time, but definitely possible. Yeah. So one of the things that I enjoy about my day-to-day um, is getting to really talk about friendship, sisterhood, well-being, all at one time. And so um, I was fortunate enough last week to get to speak to a group um, at LSU's campus, uh, Louisiana State University, for my non-Louisiana people mm-hmm. listening, um, uh, called the Minority Women's Movement. And so this group in particular 
was sort of founded around values of bringing women from diverse backgrounds together um, to formulate those friendships. Um, in particular, give um, kind of like Dr. Vasquez brought up those people who've never had that experience a positive one so that they want to duplicate that over and over and maybe be that type of woman um, or person or friend for somebody else. And so um, I had so much fun with them, probably more fun than I, than I thought. They really had um, put together this like cool program, their sundress social um, and even though I don't consider myself a keynote speaker, um, girl, you I, spoke. <laughs> <laughs> I you definitely spoke, got put in the hot seat a little bit, mm-hmm. but I appreciated it because um, it forced me to sit down and have to think about, like, yeah, what are my thoughts about like womanhood and what does mm-hmm. it take to be successful? Um, and one of the the themes that came out of that was like my your circle mm-hmm. um, and this idea of being able to make sure you surround yourself with yeah. other women who are movers and shakers like you who have ideas around what they want in life and that doesn't mean we all have the same like goals or plans um i mm-hmm. think it's centered around being able to know that we can still all support our individual efforts um yeah. and be a team player yeah. for the sake of happy friendships mm-hmm. um that's the thing that's probably the motive the motivating piece of it yeah being able to say i have these you know two friends we're in three different states and yet I know if I'm starting a new venture like a podcast that I can say hey we're going to all be in Atlanta next week um we're going to record a podcast in our hotel room how about that and they're going to be like okay we don't know what we're talking about but let's do it mm-hmm. um and so being able to recognize like your circle is everything and yeah. I think the message that I I hope I left them with and maybe even I'm leaving you all with as listeners is you know it's a critical component of success. So we always want to talk about, um, you know, success. There's, you know, all the hashtags, living my best life and vacation goals and Mm. relationship goals and Mm. bay goals. And like, at some point, um, those goals have to be like initiated by like what's happening in your life. And you really can't do that maybe to the best of your ability without having somebody in the background pushing you, motivating you, right. sending you a, mm-hmm. a kind text beforehand, um, being able to, to do that in, in a way that nobody else can. So like in a way that's different from our parents, in right. a way that's mm-hmm. different from um, our significant others, there's just something very pure about sisterhood mm-hmm. and friendship within sisterhood. And so um, I hope that they got that message. Those are college age women and kind of right before they hit that phase mm-hmm. that Dr. Baker brought up, you know, where... You go into the workforce or you go into maybe even graduate school and forming friendships Mm -hmm. um, are not the same. And so um, I hope that they at least took that to heart um, in some way, even if it's very small, um, to know that their circle matters. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not on a daily basis for some people, that's not their thing. But when you need those folks that you know, you have that group chat, you have that trip planned a couple months out Mm -hmm. that will revive and sort of rejuvenate you and push you into your destiny, into your success, into whatever it is that you're trying to do um, and know that you're not doing it by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I hope that they they pick that up and I hope that you guys listening can sort of hear that that's what we have Mm -hmm. and, and that we hope we're spreading not even just to our friends, you know, obviously that's in this room with me, but to other women that we are all connected with. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely think of, and this maybe shifts us a little bit, but not really, just our times where we've been um, maybe celebrating a a success. And so I think of like this time last year, 
celebrating Dr. Vasquez graduating with her PhD and getting to bring together. So she had us, like her her school colleagues and friends, and then her friends who have been a part of her life for both a longer time, but also different a different phase. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about that experience and I thought about on the, the plane ride back home was just how there was so much like love and laughter whenever mm-hmm. all of those women were in a room. And we didn't know each other that well, except for the weekend we spent together. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's just this powerful sort of uh, bond that happens mm-hmm. in in friendship when even if there's sort of like a nucleus person that is the the heart because of everybody's love for that one person in this case for dr rv we were all like oh you're my sister too this is great um and so being able to realize that that's totally uh possible and i think dr vasquez said that earlier like it's totally possible to have that Mm -hmm. any thoughts around like you know the fact that you can have different friend circles Mm -hmm. and um that doesn't mean you always have to bring them together but when you do what do you want out of them when they're together any thoughts on that part well I, I think one of the things that came up for me and thank you for bringing that up because that, that just brought back a lot of really warm memories and to think that was a year ago is mm-hmm. mind boggling but mm-hmm. um, one of the things that brought me joy in having mm-hmm. these two worlds kind of come together was not that they were there well outside of the fact that they were there that I graduated but that they were able to extend beyond, right? Mm-hmm. So then when you guys follow each other on Instagram mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. Um, oh, I follow so-and-so, and yeah. I follow what you guys <laughs> how's she doing? And, yeah. and it feels like my world has become that much more intimate and that mm-hmm. much more meaningful. And um, there's some times where I think, like you said, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a forced thing to bring people together, mm-hmm. but when it happens organically and when it happens when people are in the right um, phase of mind, then then it can be so life-giving. Mm-hmm. And and it defeats the lie, I think, of being an independent woman, like, mm-hmm. I got this all by myself. Like, mm-hmm. no, we all came with people pushing us. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, in my case in particular, really strong female friends who were mm-hmm. able to motivate me when I did not want to be motivated. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, and then me do the same in return for them. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a blessing, it's major, it's yeah. life-giving for sure. Yeah. And what I love about like that memory and wow, what you just said, Lakitha, is um, I feel like the lie that like culture tells us is that women we have to compete with each other right. constantly, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. especially so in academia, true. you mm-hmm. know, it's very much the message. And um, like I love how like with this the, this friendship of the three of us, and then all of your friends at um, your graduation, it just very much felt like. No, we celebrate each other's successes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that brings top. us joy. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and how you just said like that's how you have success. Mm-hmm. You don't have success by like just, you know, knocking people out of the way and just doing it on your own. Like mm-hmm. it's when you have those people behind you. Yeah. Um so I think that's a a challenge to what culture tells us. Yeah. yeah. It makes a huge difference to view it that way yeah. mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. sort of this competition yeah. um and sort of this idea that we all can't make it or we all can't celebrate one person and still look across the room and be like I don't know you girl but Uh you know your hair's cute too right I love you too (laughs) um and being able to sort of carry that friendship and really like create new friendships Mm -hmm. so like you know Rebecca said that 
since then, I think I follow all of those yeah, women mm-hmm. and like we all connect and I've seen different life um, happenings in their mm-hmm. lives that are going on and I'm like excited to see them. Oh um, my gosh, when Yodit got married. Yeah. I had so much joy uh, her, yeah. on her wedding weekend. Yeah, she my, looked beautiful. She did. Yeah, yeah. And my husband was like, wait, how do you know her? And I'm like, I just hung out with her like one for a weekend. weekend. <laughs> but I just love her, you know? And so I just was really celebratory of that. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. yeah, definitely just, again, I think our, our whole point in the message of what we've hopefully try to relay is like there is something very powerful about friendship about connections about um, authenticity within Mm -hmm. relationships Mm -hmm. um, that's motivating but also um, contributive to our well-being it reduces stress Um, it helps us overcome trauma Um, Mm -hmm. and hopefully that's the message that listeners are picking up on when you start to really think about maybe ways that you want to transform your life still and Um, One of the things that I do like about April, I guess, coming to an end is, you know, that means we're really moving into like the second quarter of the year. And so the first quarter, everyone starts out in January with all of these goals and all these things they're going to do to take care of themselves and to be well. Um, And maybe by February or March, Mm -hmm. if you haven't hit them, you've probably given up on them. And so um, I think this conversation hopefully helps breathe a little bit of life back into people trying to still figure out, like, what do I maybe need to add to my life or change in my life um, to get that well-being, to get that wellness perspective. And um, hopefully this is inspiring you to maybe think about, you know, the value of friendship or the value of connections and relationships in a way that you haven't. And so I'm not saying go out and, like, friend a thousand people on Facebook, but, (laughs) you know, figuring out within your social circle today, are there some friendships you need to repair? Mm -hmm. Are there some friendships you maybe need to cut out? Maybe they are toxic and and kind of the opposite of what we've been talking about today. Um, Or do you need to be open to recognizing that you're, you know, person that's in your corner is somebody that like is working with you on a job or is with you in graduate school or is you know a a family member who's close in age and y'all you know share a bond and you just have never taken time to connect in that way um so hopefully you guys are thinking about that and finding ways to to really connect so i'm excited that we did this kind of conversation i don't know that it happens a lot particularly among women Mm -hmm. and so getting to do this obviously with y'all like pretty awesome Absolutely. so so that brings us to kind of break time we're gonna take a little pause and we'll be right back with our pop psych moment of the day as well as i think i might have my first dr lp question which is pretty exciting to answer on air so we'll be right back We are back from break. I hope y'all like that interlude theme music. It's pretty uh, tranquil, which is different than the intro music. So um, let me know if y'all like that. I could change it or not. Um, So our last kind of topic of the day, we've talked a lot about friendship and um, connections and sisterhood, but I want to shift gears a little bit for our pop psych moment of the day um, and really talk about kind of maybe the other segment of my life so um, I think in introducing myself during the first episode you know I'm a licensed professional counselor I have a private practice um, which is what I kind of function 
through for this podcast. Um, but I have another job, kind of a hustler. I have multiple hey. things going on, <laughs> you know. Um, and so my my day job, I guess, <laughs> when I'm not seeing people in private practice are clearly podcasting in hotel rooms. Um, True story. Is I serve as director of sports psychology and counseling at LSU. And in that role, I work specifically with student athletes um, to, you know, really deal with the same issues that I see folks deal with in my private practice, except there's just an extra component around mental skill and performance that uh, we really only get to after we work through kind of the general mental health and well-being stuff. Um, And so again, these are college students. They're going through the same things that any of us were thinking about when we were 18 to 22. Um, There's some developmental changes. There are things um, going on with family, uh, relationships. Um, And then the big one, obviously, which is maybe a part of why we conceptualize college Um, in the way that we do is career. And so um, in honor of the draft, the NFL draft that's going on right now, this weekend, um, I thought we'd talk about that a little bit and and sort of the career-related stress um, and anxiety that comes about with transitions, but also just knowing what's next. Um, I think one of the things that I think about when I get to this time of year, so this is my second go-round with working in an athletics department and the draft coming up, um, is, you know, how many uh, of these guys and then women, so the WNBA draft was not too long ago as well, um, how many of these men and women, you know, always envision that moment of sitting there with their family, their names getting called to go, you know, continue on this path that in most cases they've like worked at their whole life for um, as an athlete. Um, And so recognizing like that's a pretty big deal. It's the same way we think about maybe crossing the stage at graduation. Mm -hmm. And so for those folks who get to that point and the night goes exactly how they've planned, it's wonderful. It's cool to watch. It's exciting to watch. Um, The happy tears are beautiful. Um, But then I always also find myself during that same weekend or same time thinking about those that they don't get that same moment that they've been dreaming about their whole lives. And what do you do with that? Um, And so why I think this is sort of relevant to, you know, pop culture in general is that we do spend a lot of time thinking about like, what's our next move? So I, I alluded earlier to like all the hashtags, living your best life and dream jobs and all that, that we kind of put out there for the public to see. But a lot of people don't see what happens behind the scenes um, when a career choice feels like it's been taken away. Um, And not necessarily because of any lack of effort on that person's part, but because of circumstance. Um, Everyone can't go to a team. There are more players um, than teams and spots available or than money for, you know, we're talking about sport. But that relates, again, to the job search in general. I think all of us, and I think these two thought they wouldn't have anything to contribute, but they might, after I say this, is the idea that you get even to graduation sometimes and you still don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's true. <laughs> right. And so, and again, it's not because like you don't want to work or you don't want to contribute to your field, um, but maybe there's a lack of availability um, in jobs or in jobs that are like that dream that you had of what you were going to be doing when you spent all these years working on this degree and writing a dissertation or um, getting a training or a certificate in something that you're really passionate about. And then you hit the streets 
and you're kind of like, all right, here's my resume, here's my cover letter, here's my great personality, and you go a month or two or three, and and there are no bites. Um, and so again, I think about like, what does that do as far as stress um, or anxiety for for folks? So that might be more of a career development pop psych moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think you know, again, because of the way that society set up, pop culture influences us in all ways. Um, but we really have to think about the fact that transitions are tough, mm-hmm. um, particularly when it comes to the job, um, job search. And so uncertainty obviously affects the way we operate in our other life areas. So if things aren't going well in your job, sometimes that creates stress at home or stress in your relationship. Um, and so just for people to have a different perspective around um, all of the, the fanfare of what's going on this weekend with uh, the NFL draft, but to recognize that, you know, that's also kind of a career counseling uh, crisis mm. for some people. And, and that's definitely something I want to think about. Any thoughts from y'all before I wrap so that up? So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Never thought of it like that, but it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've never thought about the draft at, at, in the loss that there is for people. Mm-hmm. Um, like that shift of I've had this dream and I've worked so hard physically as well Mm -hmm. I mean like beating my body to do this for years for years and then having to say okay that's done there's nowhere else I can go so Mm -hmm. now I've got to completely shift I mean that's devastating yeah 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 well I hope you guys too who are listening have enjoyed pop psych moment of the day and hopefully I haven't ruined the NFL draft for you but by the time you hear this it'll be over so it won't matter um so shifting gears one more time to our final segments um our last two which are our kind of signature segments are um our ask dr lp segment so i have my first question and i'm really excited about it um and it's coming from one of these lovely ladies in the room so hopefully for those of you who maybe have a burning question and you don't even know kind of what you can ask um I want you to know you can ask anything. And so being able to do that, I think, is going to be useful. And then we'll have our small talk bookshelf moment, and then we'll wrap it up. But I'm going to turn it over really quick to Dr. Baker to ask a question, and then we have some dialogue about it. Awesome. All right. So, um, yeah, I love the Ask Dr. LP uh, segment because I think I think about, like, counselors that are listening mm-hmm. um, and questions they may have, but then also just, like, the everyday person that may have mm-hmm. questions. So there, I think there's a lot of areas where people could write in questions. Um, but I have a question from a counselor perspective. Okay. So um, last week you talked about um, kind of the the lack of uh, resources for clients of color. Um, mm-hmm. You were talking, referencing the Ebony Magazine article. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I totally see that in my like the area that I work and I'm I'm really interested to hear your thoughts around um, like for white counselors how can we create a space when there isn't counselors of color in our Mm -hmm. neighborhoods Um, how can we create a really safe space for clients of color Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that there's kind of that basic stuff of like talking about the elephant in the room and in the beginning and um, and kind of giving permission to call me out if I don't know something or if I say something a little sideways, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but anything else on top of that, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think even you asking that shows a level of transparency 
that is necessary to be able to do what you're asking about, right? Mm-hmm. So um, always being willing to learn and not just because of being um, a clinician that's not of color, yeah. but even as a clinician of color myself, like I know that even if I'm looking across the room at someone who looks similar to me or who I think identifies similar to me, I can't always assume. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, not assuming that, you know, you know everything about a person, but also mm-hmm. giving yourself a little credit as a clinician and saying, you know, I've done my due diligence to be culturally competent, mm-hmm. to learn about, you know, who my client is by listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that definitely creates kind of that, that bond so that if someone's in an area where they can't find someone who maybe looks like them because on the surface that's just what they assume they need, mm-hmm. being able to have a conversation even just during when a, a, a potential client's making cold calls to, yeah. to practices, um, to, to hear the level of respect you have for their questions, mm-hmm. to um, be open to learning more and asking questions about what their needs are when it comes yeah. to therapy. Um, and then I think if you actually get them to come in, you know, really having those conversations around expectations. And um, I think like you pointed out, putting any any apprehensive thoughts out there, right? Like, you know, pointing out the fact that we may appear very different and I want to know before we get started, do you already have thoughts about that? Do you have mm-hmm. fears about that? Um, what does it mean to you for us to be different? Doesn't mean anything. You may yeah. be very surprised that it may not mean a thing mm-hmm. um, to that person, but sometimes you need to kind of put that out there before you can really get to the heart of what's going on. And so I think from my opinion, and, and if Dr. RV has more thoughts um, as another clinician of color, like, you know, I think it's important to be able to just be transparent, be open, utilize your cultural competency um, in a way that I think we talk about a lot, but sometimes aren't willing to put into action because fear sets in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's similar if a if an issue around identity in a way that I don't identify comes up. That's a that's a moment for me where I'm going to have to go into my knowledge base or go into. Um, that same mode of asking a client in the most respectful way Mm -hmm. to teach me a little bit about what they need so that then I can go back to my drawing board and help Mm -hmm. to be prepared every week when they show up in my office. So um, obviously for you, and I know you're asking more in a general sense, Mm -hmm. I think you understand that very clearly, but I I do think for folks that are listening um, who are curious about that, particularly if you don't identify maybe as a person of color, or if you're working with a group that's outside of one of the ways in which you identify, um, being open in that way creates a huge level of difference and gets really the the crappy part of like discomfort out of the way Mm -hmm. so that you can get to building rapport, having a great relationship, and then getting the work done that a client is there for. Mm -hmm. Dr. RV, anything else? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know if I have anything else. No, I do, I do, I do. Uh, being your authentic self, mm-hmm. right? I think mm-hmm. there's so much need for that in any therapeutic relationship, but especially when there's elements of identity that aren't the same or that mm-hmm. um, that maybe not that maybe it may not translate, um, you know, across the emerald couch per se. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think real recognizes real, and as long as people can trust your sincerity and Mm -hmm. authenticity Mm -hmm. I think that means a lot to a lot of people Mm -hmm. I think there's a small outlier of people that you know feel like they would need something more and that's okay too Mm -hmm. but I think real recognizes real and authenticity goes a long way Mm -hmm. and 
also, you know, recognizing that different perspectives come from different sources. And so mm-hmm. there may be some benefit to having someone who's not lined up completely with whether it's race or ethnicity, whether it's SES, whether mm-hmm. it's gender, you know, fill in the blank. So there's value in that. I think we can all learn from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That was a great question, Dr. Baker. Yeah. Thank Dr. you for Baker. answering it. It's so yeah. helpful. So now you guys know you can ask literally anything. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, if you haven't already, Figure out what your question is going to be, send it in so that by the time we hit next week's episode, I'll have a new question from a listener, um, which Dr. Baker's a listener too, but um, <laughs> but also is sitting like next to me. And so <laughs> that's very different than you guys who are all over the place. So please submit your questions and hopefully we'll have another cool one to answer next week. So very last segment, um, I'll keep it quick, is our Small Talk Bookshelf. So I think I promised in talking about what this segment would be, would be just me sharing um, anything that I'm reading or have read that I think is, yes, beneficial to the topics that maybe we've talked about, but also um, helpful and useful in being able to have something that you can connect with outside of this podcast for those of you that are readers, are movie watchers. um, So it'll vary, but... um, And I think last week I talked about a book too. So this week it's a book again. So if you're not a reader... Uh, maybe change some of your hobbies or think about figuring out if there are alternatives to these. So I do think last week I mentioned a book that also had been turned into a movie um, but didn't necessarily encourage you to watch the movie first. Um, So in this instance, I'm not sure if this book has a a movie yet or not. Um, But my small talk bookshelf book of the week is The Alchemist um, by Paulo Coelho. And uh, what I love about this book is, one, it actually brings together um, kind of what we've been talking about today a little bit. So this idea of like searching for treasure. So the character's name is Santiago. He's a young boy, young shepherd boy. um, And there are expectations from his family around him following a certain career path and staying on that path and just kind of doing what everyone else in his family has done. And Internally, he knows that that's not what he's destined to do. And obviously, we may all find ourselves in that phase. We were just talking about some of those um, young men and women on draft night and knowing that, you know, there's a call maybe for them that they have felt. Um, or And that may be very different than what their parents had planned for them because they also sent them to college and thought maybe they were going to take some other career path. And so um, I love that book because it's a spiritual and career guide kind of I kind of like it um, and it combines those together really talks about some of the universal ideas around truth and purpose and fortitude um, in a way that even if you're not a young a young person like the character in the book um, you can definitely learn something so it's a book that I've read multiple times um, and particularly like to read when I may be in some sort of transition and not necessarily sure that I'm on the right path that is one that I've chosen versus maybe someone um, or an opportunity coming and maybe me doubting it because I'm like, well, that's not what I had in mind. Um, Being able to utilize that character um, and really understand that it's a fable about following your dream um, and and doing that in any way. So even little things like this podcast, which maybe I hope will be a big thing one day, um, but also like, you know, those those bigger things like a career change or a career move that comes unexpectedly because of, you know, really positive circumstances, like a great opportunity comes or having to change for the sake of family or friends or um, anything that may come up. So if you haven't read it yet, The Alchemist, great book. 
um, definitely check it out. I'll put a link to um, the way you can purchase it, maybe on Amazon, on the website. And um, hopefully you will check it out and let me know what you think about it. So that's our last segment. I, I definitely want to thank my two lovely guests who are sitting here with me. Give them a chance if they have any final thoughts or words for the audience. But I so appreciate them doing this and spending part of their conference time um, being a part of like my latest venture and career kind of move. So ladies, any final thoughts? Any Anything you want to say about the Emerald Couch and what it felt like to sit on the Emerald mm. Couch today? Mm, 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 it felt mm. pretty good. Um, <laughs> pretty darn good. I know. I I was so excited when I heard you were starting a podcast, yeah. and I've I've listened to episodes right when they came out, and so actually getting to be on it is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. I echo that, mm. and we love you. Mm-hmm. Yay! I, I love do. you guys too. I'm so glad that you said yes. Um, Did we have a choice? (laughs) They really didn't have a choice. I mean, it wasn't really optional. But, you know, when it's your friends, you got to be nice enough. Like we talked about earlier, you want to keep them as your friends to make them feel like they have options. Support them in their doubt and push them into their destiny, which was being on this podcast. That was (laughs) there. I see how it works. So I'm so excited that y'all... did this i can't wait to like get home and put it out there so it'll be up soon and so that folks will listen in and um i'll also include ways if you guys are open if if people want to even reach out to you if they're in your area and maybe want to connect somehow whether they're um doc students like we were mm. or other clinicians um dr vasquez still traumatized with that mm, she just <laughs> let out um we've been there so we definitely want to be able to support any of you all who are listening in ways that we can even if that just means pointing you in the right direction of a therapist or some other form of wellness in your area helping you find your own emerald couch yes. um so as always i thank you guys for listening um I haven't thought about yet how we're going to kick off May, but I do have a little teaser. So the month of May is, um, I think, a a month where, you know, we've talked about kind of spring coming in. And so by May, spring is really here. If you live in Louisiana like me, it almost feels like summer. Um, But one of my guests in the month of May um, is somebody that I know and love just as much as these ladies, but probably just a little bit more because she gave birth to me. Um, and so oh. she is going to be here um, talking about, you know, being a mother and motherhood. So that's yes. not something they're so oh. excited. I wish you guys could see their faces. I have to start recording because video recording. Your so exciting. <laughs> so she's excited. She's, I think, more nervous than you guys are and she when she listens to this episode is going to probably be mad that I said that but um she definitely is I think going to be able to help maybe my listeners out there who are already mothers who are um, broaching motherhood and thinking about it um and even you know somebody like me who I'm not sure when uh the Lord has timed for me to become a mother um my little dog Cody is enough for right now Um, But being able to kind of hear a perspective from someone um, who's been through that walk, and I definitely know who has contributed to my life in a positive way um, that I think only a mother can. And so being able to hear from her, I'm pretty, pretty excited about. So I'm glad she says yes. I hope you all are hoping and praying that she won't back out because I think she... uh, 
has a lot to contribute to the Emerald Couch for sure. So she'll be on an episode during the month of May. And I have some other guests lined up that I'll be thinking about, but I won't give you any more spoilers this time around. So thanks for listening. Make sure that you like and follow us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, iTunes or SoundCloud or both. Um, and submit your questions for Ask Dr. LP. Um, and maybe the week when my mom comes, she'll let um, you guys <gasps> ask her questions. We'll see. I'm sending more questions. So <laughs> Dr. Baker's going to pull out a notepad. Right? Send those out. So um, please send those in. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Remember, embrace the friendships that you have, but also don't be fearful about starting new ones and utilize them um, to support you in the best possible way. Please make sure you tune in next week. Thanks so much for being on the Emerald Couch, and I will see you later.